Welcome to the Hospitality Cash Flow Podcast, where you'll learn how to leverage short-term accommodations using multifamily and residential properties. With over 35 years in hospitality, real estate, technology, and sales and marketing experience, our hosts, Matt Anisis and Noble Crawford, along with an expert panel of guests, invite you to listen in as they share their knowledge, best practices, tools, and resources to help you maximize cash flow using real estate for hospitality. Perfect, perfect. Well, good deal, good deal. Appreciate everybody tapping in. Uh, this is the Short Term of the Roadmap Club, and we are in cahoots with the Hospitality Club, uh, which is Noble's Club as well. Um, this is that, that's the Hospitality Cash Flow Club, I should say. Um, so we host these rooms weekly, and we, and we you know, bring in some top hosts, people that are experts in the industry, people that are well-respected in the short-term rental space. And we take questions, we do listing reviews. Um, every once in a while, we'll have a special guest like we kind of do tonight. Uh, we're going to be hearing from the folks at Proper, and I'm going to let um, uh, Noble kind of introduce them uh, as we get going here. And uh, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we can definitely tap into it and get it going, Noble, if you're ready. I am actually out of the country right now, and so I asked PJ, you know, if we could collab together and do something in the in the space around, you know, insurance for short-term rentals, because I know that, uh, you know, if I was out of the country and had a bad connection, it'd be a problem. So so TJ uh, graciously offered his room, which we're so thankful for and appreciative of for tonight. And, uh, but I just want to, I just want to start off. I don't even want to introduce myself first, really. I mean, it's all about uh, insurance tonight, insurance for short-term rentals. And so what I'm going to do is, I'm going to uh, allow the uh, invited speakers to just give a little brief introduction of uh, who they are, who they work with. Then I'll let TJ take over and we'll go around. So uh, Nick and Justin, if you want to just come off mute and just introduce yourselves, your company to the room, uh, that would be awesome. Sounds great. Justin here. I'm uh, the marketing manager here at Proper Insurance. Um, so, you know, Proper Insurance, we're, we were founded in 2014. We're just... Uh, Put together a policy that's very specific to short-term rental and vacation rentals. Uh, so we basically looked at the market and said, hey, you know, what kind of insurance does it take to make sure these things have the proper coverage? Uh, and went from there. So uh, we're one of the only companies in the nation that specializes in this. And uh, we have the most comprehensive policy by far because we built it from the ground up. And we took, um, you know, over the years, we've just taken... Uh, you know, everything that, uh, as far as, you know, feedback from hosts and whatnot to see what, what kind of insurance coverage do we want to have? What do we want to offer? So our policy is going to cover all the, the wild, wacky things from, uh, bed bugs and liquor liability. We're even adding, uh, squatter coverage here soon. So a lot of things moving, moving, shaking here. But, um, I also have Nick with me here. I'll let him introduce himself and we'll get to take it from there. Hey, everybody. My name is Nick Massey. I'm the director of sales at uh, Proper Insurance. Um, my primary job here is is really making sure we can help uh, educate you as a consumer as well as make sure our sales team is here to uh, provide the best consultation possible to help you you know, navigate your risk management plan as you operate a vacation rental business. Awesome. Awesome. Go ahead, Noble. No, I was going to say the same thing. I appreciate you guys stepping up. TJ, if you want to mod some folks, feel free. I mean, yeah, I'm in your room, bar in your space. And, and so 
you 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 know you got the mic, you got control. I'm just tagging along, but uh, glad these uh, guys could join us. Oh yeah, man. This this is this is just as much yours as well, brother. Just as much yours. Um, good deal. Yes, we'll, we'll definitely probably bring some uh, some some other hosts up as well. Now, um, this is this is great, and what, what's amazing is that uh, about this room at this topic specifically is that we get these questions all the time. And so, Noble, I, I well, you know, when you hit me up and and, um, and suggested that we talked about this, I thought I think it was a great idea. Because a lot, of, I think this will add a lot of value um, to what people are going through, just kind of within their short run of space and within their businesses. So, um, this this is going to be a great educational um, room to show people how to properly insure um, insure their, their spaces. Um, I mean, I I kind of got a few questions or a couple of questions to, to ask um, the, the 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 team at Proper. If that's okay, if you want to get it up going that way, and then we can uh, probably. We can bring up some more mods and see if they have any questions, and we'll go into uh, questions uh, from the audience if they have one. And also, for for folks who are, are tapping in, you're more than welcome to bring questions that are, you know, just real estate specific or short term specific. It doesn't have to be insurance specific, although that is the, that is definitely the uh, the topic for tonight. But we're all, but just to let you know we're we're also taking other questions as well. So, um, is that cool, Chernobyl? We'll say you good. Yep, that's good. Let me make let me just announce real quick. Um, Although I am not back home in Dallas, uh, this room is being recorded uh, from my home in Dallas. I put my my twenty uh, my twenty year old who's at home from college on it, so he's he's busy on the recording side. So just gotta let everybody know it's in the room. This is recorded. If you step up to the stage to ask a question or if you offer an answer of any kind, uh, it will be recorded. Uh, however, with that said, um, we we're opening up to give out um, copies of the recordings. All you have to do to get a copy is just uh, look in my profile. You'll see a link to my IG, Hospitality Cashflow. If you go there and follow Hospitality Cashflow, that's all you got to do. We'll make sure you get a copy of the recording for tonight. Uh, but uh, with that said, yeah, TJ, go ahead and kick it off. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Um, uh, appreciate that, Noble. Hey, uh, Nick, so so uh, I guess just kind of general question to get it going. Uh, we talk a lot about insurance, especially in these rooms that we host. A lot of folks ask about insurance. Um, why is it, you know, why is it important that they get the right coverage when it comes to short-term rentals? Because a lot of folks, especially when they're doing an arbitrage play, they, um, a lot of folks believe or maybe they have got some kind of inclination or got some information somewhere that a traditional renter's insurance policy covers them. Um, and for folks who owns their short-term rentals like I do, um, I own a portion of mine as well, and some folks believe that a landlord policy covers them. Can you speak to that as to if it does and if it doesn't and why it does and why it doesn't? Yeah. I mean, the biggest, the biggest thing is we all, number one, we, we need to realize we're running a business. Okay. And so from in the insurance space, you, you have three types of insurance policies that you can buy as a property owner. Let's talk to the, the people who own their properties first. You can buy homeowners insurance, you can buy landlord insurance or you can buy a commercial business insurance policy. So which one is best? We take the road of saying you really need concepts from all three of those policies to have the best comprehensive package possible. Um, it's a residential piece of real estate. You need to have homeowners insurance. If you're engaging in rental activity. You need to have landlord protection, but at the same time you're advertising to the general public online the insurance world considers that to be a business. So the best way to think about our, our product 
is call it commercial homeowners insurance. Okay. You're going to get all the concepts that you need from, from a homeowner's policy. You're going to get all the protections that you would see on a general landlord policy, as well as the commercial business policy with additional enhancements that we've built in to really specialize it for the space. Same concept goes to the rental arbitrage folks. You are running a business. When you buy regular old rental insurance for 15, 20 bucks a month, you are buying a policy that is defining that address as your residential premises. And the issue with that is that you don't have appropriate liability or property protections. Again, on either end of the spectrum, homeowners insurance or renters insurance. So we come into the space for everybody here and we provide this commercial style package, if you will, eliminating the business activity exclusion, giving you that comfort of knowing you have liability coverage for all of the crazy stuff that could happen at your property. For the rental arbitrage folks, one of the, one of the biggest hurdles that you see is your landlords need to be listed as additional insured. So that comes automatic with us. There's, there's no fuss about adding them as additional insured. Um, for those of you who are individual property owners that manage yourselves, or if you use a property manager, we'll add property managers as additional insured as well for you. I would say the biggest thing is if you've never gone through litigation or a lawsuit, the last thing you want to be doing to that's going to be detrimental to your business is having to pay for that out of pocket because your insurance policy didn't respond. Uh, one of the, one of the biggest things I like to tell clients is the best insurance policy you'll ever buy is the one you never have to use. But the worst investment you'll probably make is finding out too late that your insurance doesn't cover you, especially if you're named in a lawsuit, because that could be absolutely detrimental to your business that you're running right now. Amazing. Go ahead, Noble. No, that's good. That's good information. Um, you know, for, for folks who are, uh, who are either already in the space or just getting started. I have a quick question for you in terms of coverage, and, you know, having certain amenities at your property. And so just as an example, you know, for properties, let's say it's a, a, a single family resident and it has a swimming pool. Um, you know, how does that, some, something like a pool, which obviously comes with its own, you know, type of concern, how does something like that impact the coverage? Is it covered? And, and then if so, you know, is there a, significant difference in the, in, the, in the policy premium? I mean, how does that work? So with, with our company, um, we don't add any additional premiums for uh, amenities that are provided by the vacation rental. Uh, when it comes to swimming pools or, or even if you're a lakefront property, for example, uh, one benefit of our insurance is that our policy also extends off the, the premises, so outside of the property line. So to touch on, on pools real quick, if, if you have a single family residence with a private pool, we're going to protect that liability in case, you know, Uncle Jimmy has a couple too much and goes for a dip and hurts himself. One thing that we do require on all swimming pools is going to be depth markers, swim at your own risk signage, some type of rescue equipment like a shepherd's hook or a, a lifeguard throw buoy. 
We're also going to require that in your Airbnb or Verbo house rules that you have some type of, of waiver of liability language. Um, you know, use all amenities at the property at your own risk. The reason we ask for that stuff is not, is not to be a burden on you if you got to go spend a couple hundred bucks to get this type of stuff installed at your swimming pool. It's really the first line of defense. Think of that stuff as like exhibit A in the court of law. Somebody sues you because they dove into the shallow end of the pool. Well, if you don't have a depth marker, it's impossible for, for our underwriter to defend you in that lawsuit. Same thing with a, with a lakefront property. Our coverage extends to docks. We allow the use of non-motorized watercraft and things of that nature. Again, not at, not at any additional premium. But we kind of have to put our, put our legal hats on and think about eminent danger and what you need to do to provide a safe place for your guests. So if you're providing canoes or kayaks at a lakefront property, you need to have life jackets. It, it just, that's just something you have to have. Um, you need to think about inspecting those boats and make sure that they're safe for use for the next guest. These are simple things that our company is going to ask you to do on a routine basis. Again, not to be a burden or, or create any headaches, but to help, you know, it's, it's exhibit A in the court of law, really. Awesome. Awesome. This is great. Uh, quick reset. Um, this is the Short Term Roadmap Club. Uh, we are here with the Hospitality Cash Flow Club as well. My guy, Noble, and he, he wants to put this room together. We're talking about insurance, which is a crucial, crucial topic, especially within a short term, space, really for any business. But in terms of the space that we're in, where we are providing a service to other people, we want to make sure that we're covered properly. So that's why I think this room is crucial. This one is very important so people can get educated how to get themselves covered properly. Um, definitely tap in with the club as well, the Hospitality Cash Flow Club. You can find that club on Noble's bio, the very first club in his bio. I click the greenhouse at the top right of my club to uh, tap in with the short-term rental roadmap club. And also ping some people in here, man. Hit that plus button. Uh, ping, ping about five to ten people. Do us that solid. And let get, let's get people in this room to get educated. Uh, quick follow-up question. I think we're, that's a great segue to this next question. So for folks who – there are a lot of folks who do this business and are doing arbitrage and working with complex and apartment complex mix. So if there's a pool – in the apartment complex, right? If there, if, if one of our guests gets hurt in the pool or something happens in the pool, are we liable for that? Or is there, you know, are we liable for that? Or what kind of, are we protected against that? And is there something in the language, just maybe in our house rules or anywhere else that would need to be, um, you know, maybe, maybe writing something about how, you know, swim at your own expense, things like that. Just let us know uh, what's the best practice when it comes to pool and communities. Yeah, great, great question, TJ. So when we're dealing with a master association like that in a uh, in an apartment or condo complex, you, you so if you're doing rental arbitrage for one, um, there there's really kind of three insurance policies, and I don't want to I don't want to confuse the audience too much on here. So uh, you have your insurance that you need to buy that has your liability. Again, our liability specifically extends off premises. So if we're talking either rental arbitrage or a, an individual condo owner, your premises is literally the square footage of that unit, right? And then the master condo or apartment association, they have insurance as well. And it's usually pretty robust liability and things like that. You're not responsible for anything outside your door. You can't insure that because you don't physically own it. So if your condo association doesn't have depth markers around the pool, well, you know, in all reality, it's not really your problem, right? You can't go down there and install those yourself. 
you'll end up getting in trouble or getting a fine from the association. And Nick, what's a death marker? Just educate us, uh, people because I want a death marker. Yes, yeah, so, so the death marker, you know, three feet, four foot, eight foot, showing the depth of the pool down the side. Um, you know, no diving. You don't want to gotcha. dive in the three foot section there, right? Um, there was a huge claim in, I believe it was Gulf Shores, Alabama, a few years back where there was no depth markers at an association lagoon. Um, gentlemen uh, dove into the shallow end and ended up suing and settling for $11.6 million, all because of no depth markers around the pool. Sheesh. So, so if you own a condo or you're doing rental arbitrage in an apartment building, from an underwriting perspective, and what I mean from an underwriting perspective, the risk that we are assessing on whether or not we want that in our book of business and want to collect premium to provide protection. If you're in an apartment building, we're not going to ask you questions around the association swimming pool or spa or workout equipment. You really don't need to have specific waiver language to protect yourself. It doesn't hurt to say that there's an association amenities and use at your own risk. Um, but if somebody gets hurt at an association pool, here's how personal injury attorneys work. They sue everybody. So they're going to sue your association and they're going to sue you. So this is where it becomes really important, especially as condo owners or rental arbitrage in those, in those buildings, that you have liability coverage that extends off-premises. Because if an accident happens off-premises and you're named in a lawsuit, no coverage, no legal defense, you're on your own. Got it. That's uh, that's good insight, um, Nick. We appreciate that. Uh, real quick, what we're going to do here, um, we're going to take some audience questions in a minute. But first, we want to pass it over to the host, make sure there's uh, any. I know I have a ton of questions, but I want to give some other folks a chance to ask, ask questions. So I want to open it up to the host to ask questions. All I ask uh, for the host, um, if you'll just give a quick, like, 30-second uh, intro of, of who you are and what you do. And then get right into your question. That'd be appreciated. But I'm opening it up to the host real quick to ask your question. I'm going to jump in quickly first then. Hi, Nick. Uh, Julie from Australia. Look, I my claim to fame is property management. So I built up a very big portfolio of 130 properties in Australia, but using the management model, so co-hosting. And uh, look, my question for you is if all the properties are covered with short-term rental insurance, and, and perhaps condo the the condo insurance that you were just talking about. But if we are professional host managers, so we're running a portfolio of properties uh, on behalf of property owners, do we need additional coverage? And I guess the best scenario would be one of my team members goes in, they are mopping the floor, the floor is wet, a guest slips over, hurts themselves. Are we liable in any way and do we need extra coverage? Great question, Julie. And, and unfortunately, I can't really speak to, you know, insurance law outside of... Um, no, don't worry. Don't worry about us, these, but, but more for the <laughs> states for America. I'm just really curious as to what would happen. You know, do you need extra coverage? I know in Australia we certainly do. Um and it costs us an arm and a leg, but um, it'd be interesting to find out, yeah, in that scenario, if your team member causes a, an issue, causes an accident, does that come back to the business at all in any way? Yeah, so in the US, um, anybody that you hire for contract work, such as cleaning or handyman maintenance or anything of that nature, 
Um, you really need to make sure that they're licensed and insured professionals. And the reason being is, is that people that aren't on your payroll are not covered by your insurance. So to use an example, let's say a cleaning person is in your property and they slip and fall in the bathroom and hurt themselves. They, they should be a licensed and insured professional and their insurance will take care of it. Now let's say, um, I'll, I'll go, I'll, I'll jump to the, you being a property manager example in the U S uh, insurance for a property manager, your liability that you buy on your business insurance as a, as a property management entity that actually does not extend to any property that you manage. So how do we fill that gap? How do you get liability protection? Um, in your, in your contract with your homeowners, you need to include language that requires they list you, your property management entity, as an additional insured party for, for liability protection to cover that exclusion on the business insurance. Um, so the reason we always recommend using professional, you know, cleaners or, or construction folks or anything like that, let's say the cleaner left a wet spot in the kitchen, your guest shows up, slips and falls and gets hurt. Well, number one, they're probably going to sue the property owner. But again, that personal injury attorney is probably going to try and figure out who the cleaning company was and go after their insurance as well. So it comes at our recommendation that you don't want, you know, your neighbor, Jimmy or Sally down the street doing your cleaning because if they do anything that's considered negligent, they're the ones who are going to end up in big trouble because they, they don't have appropriate protection. But again, as a, as a property manager, or even if you're operating as a co-host, right? You don't have, you know, your business LLC set up. You're, you're just getting started here. Whoever you're co-hosting for, quite technically, they're the ones who need to buy insurance for their property. And they do need to list you as additional insured. And if the particular insurance company covering that property won't do it, that's a big red flag that they have the wrong insurance coverage on that property right now. Oh, that's awesome, Nick. Thank you so much for answering that question. I guess, you know, it's always the scary thing that keeps the professional uh, host awake at night and lo allows us to lose sleep is worrying about what will go wrong. And, uh, you know, 130 properties, I would have four to 500 people any given night in my properties. And, yeah, it was one of the concerns that I had and to make sure that I knew that I was always covered. So I guess, guys, anybody in the audience just listening right now, listening to Nick's advice, make sure you, you get in touch with Nick if you're not 100% sure about what he just said to you because I'm writing a frantic amount of notes down on my pad and paper here. But make sure you get in touch with Nick, you follow Nick, you message him and just go, what was it that we needed to have written down in our management contract? Just make sure that you do get that advice. But Nick, thank you so much. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm listening in with open ears. I have, I have tons of samples for the property managers in the audience of sample contracts from some of the largest property managers in the United States I'm happy to share with. Um, Julie, I would just say double check your insurance in Australia. Um, you know, get a PDF copy, hit control F and search for um, to make sure you have liability protection for properties that you manage. And if you don't, um, you know, do some investigation locally about getting your homeowners to add your business as additional insured on their policy. Sweet. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate that. Um, and real quick, um, Nick, also, we, uh, everybody who's listening, uh, Nick's brand new, just jumped into Clubhouse. TJ and I invited him in specifically for this uh, particular event. 
and if you click on him, his profile's not completely built out. Obviously, Nick, when you have a chance, the way the uh, clubhouse works is when you um, kind of fill out your profile, you have an opportunity to add both Twitter and Instagram. You know, I will tell you that the clubhouse folks are heavy users of Instagram, but you have an opportunity to, to add an IG to your uh, uh, to your clubhouse account that people can click on and uh, and then connect with you uh, via DM or offline as this particular app does not have a chat feature or anything. But before we keep going, I, I did want to uh, see if there's any other moderators who had questions for Nick before uh, TJ and I open it up to the audience. Yeah. I just want to jump in very quickly because already I'm getting um, direct messages from people in the audience who want to connect with Nick already. So Nick, um, can, uh, can you just even just give out your email address or, or just some sort of contact or TJ, have you got that for Nick? Uh, yeah, I mean, the best thing to do um, for, for, for the U.S. audience here is go to our website, www.proper, that's P-R-O-P-E-R dot insure, I-N-S-U-R-E. There's no dot com, so it's just www.proper.insure. Um, we have an, uh, an easy info at email. Um if you just if you have questions and want to get connected with us, hitting that info at chat that box in there, um, and we'll prep our team tomorrow. That if if you just put the note in there, uh, questions from the clubhouse chat, they'll forward those directly over to me so I can get them answered for you. And uh, also, guys, I mean, if you want to email email us directly, you can email info at proper dot insure. Uh, we are on Instagram. If that's the preferred method, you can DM us there. Um, our handle is just proper insurance. Awesome. Sounds good. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, let me pop in, TJ. So, um, hey, everybody. I'm, I'm Jeff. I'm from Host GPO. Uh, we're, we're a buying group for vacation rental hosts. So anybody who has three or more units um, can join our group, and uh, we get discounts on furniture, mattresses, and stuff like that. I'm I'm also a, uh, a longtime Airbnb host who's you know managed lease arbitrage and property management of you know over 100, 150 units. Um, you know, in, in my, my career time. So um, w- one question that I have for you guys that's come up for me uh, in several occasions on several different ways is what I would call, I guess, uh, it's not really business interruption insurance, but it's something like that. So I'll have a guest. Uh, the guest will cause a serious amount of damage that will require either a long period of, um, you know, work to get things back together and make the house rentable again, or or uh, something will happen where, uh, you know, aside, let's put pandemics aside, um, a fire out here in California or some sort of uh, situation will arise where we can't host anybody anymore. Um, what types of policies, uh, if any, you know, and I've had various experience with it, do you guys offer that would cover, you know, the, the, either the rent on a lease arbitrage for that period in between, the amount of rent that we would have lost from, from losing bookings, anything like that that, that would generally qualify or, or be categorized as business interruption insurance to really cover that, that period. Is there anything that you guys have that fits that gap? So short answer, no. And there's really no insurance policy that, that does. So business interruption protection is a benefit of having to file a property damage claim when you have that protection on your, on your contract. Um, so, so a common thing we get, I'll, I'll use San Diego as an example. Uh, once a year, San Diego gets a big rainstorm, right? And 
people end up canceling their trip because it's raining and they don't, they can't go to the beach. Well, that's what's considered loss of market in the insurance space. There's no physical property damage to your, your location that is prohibiting you from engaging in your business activity. You, you simply lost the market. Um, we can use Texas as an example right now. Big snowstorms, 100-year event, crazy things happening in Texas right now. Um, people are canceling their trips. Unless you have you know, frozen pipes because the power went out or you have, uh, you have ice dams on your roof from, from thawing and freezing, thawing and freezing, if you don't have physical property damage, the business interruption just doesn't become a benefit uh, to you. You can't just claim loss of business because people aren't traveling. That was one of the biggest questions we got during COVID was, I can't operate my business because of XYZ shutdown. The, the, the issue there is and, and remains that there's no tangible physical property damage that is interrupting your flow of business. And so there's, there's no insurance company or, or policy that I know of in, in my decade of experience doing this that will just simply pay out, you know, business interruption. There's got to be some type of covered cause of loss that, that is causing it. Now, to, to kind of go a little bit further into that, I use the, the fires, fires in California as an example. There is a stipulation in commercial insurance policies like ours called civil authority. And civil authority is defined as a mandatory government shutdown preventing access to your property due to an outside covered cause of loss. So what does that mean? So forest fire is a covered cause of loss. So your property, the access roads have been shut down because there is a forest fire around your home. Now, you don't have to sustain fire damage to claim business income. That coverage pays up to 90 days of lost business income from the start date to the end date of that shutdown due to physical property damage away from your home that is prohibiting access. To, to move that into uh, uh, like a condo building or an apartment building, let's say the, uh, the fire sprinklers have an issue and your entire fourth floor of that apartment building where you have a unit at is shut down because of this fire sprinkler leakage. Now, your unit doesn't have to be affected by this loss, but you could still claim a civil authority loss because you have no access to your unit. And again, that period of coverage is typically 90 days on insurance contracts. Um, I, I really appreciate that. And that makes sense. Look, the one, situ one of the situations, I've had a couple, one of the situations was exactly that, right? A fire that shut down the roads to the house. So there was no way to get there. So we were able to recover under that, that type of a situation. My, my guess follow-up question would be, let's just say hypothetically, strictly hypothetically, you were doing um, some sort of rental arbitrage and you had renter's insurance. Um, I mean, I, I believe that renter's insurance I don't know if you can have a renter's insurance policy and a commercial vacation rental. Uh, I mean, I guess you probably could. Um, I believe rental renter's insurance would cover, you know, the amount of days that you were out of the of the property, right? If you couldn't actually physically be in there as well. How, how does that work, and how does that interplay with with the types of insurance that you guys offer? So we have to draw a line with personal insurance and, and a business style policy. So on personal insurance, there's there's a coverage item called loss of use. And loss of use 
would pay if I have damage to my primary residence. I can't live there during a period of restoration. So that coverage allows me, they give me money to go and rent out another house to live in while my property is, is going through renovation. Loss of use does not pay business income losses. And so when you're doing rental arbitrage, if you have, again, these $20 renters insurance policies from, from, you know, State Farm, Allstate, whomever, um, they don't, they're not responding to business income losses. In fact, they could very easily come in and fully deny the claim because they go, wait a minute, we thought that you lived here. You don't live here. So then we, we cross the line into business insurance. That's where business income comes into play. So the physical damage stopping you from, from operating your regular day-to-day business operation, they pay, we pay an actual sustained loss or loss of business income. And, and basically what that is, if you're renting your property out for 150 bucks a night and you're down for 10 nights, then the, the claims check, in addition to the physical property damage, is going to be another $1,500 in that example for your lost revenue. You're not really out any money. Um, I think, you know, I can kind of speak for Noble on that. That was, uh, you know, an unfortunate circumstance um, where we had to do a little fighting on our end with the adjuster, but... He, he had a loss of revenue claim with, with property damage and we had to go through the line items line by line on his loss of income. And, and he ended up getting a, getting a check for that loss of revenue. Awesome. Yeah. I, I really appreciate that. Awesome. Awesome. Great stuff. Great stuff. Great question, Jim. Great question. Um, any other moderators have questions for, for the proper team and all the actions that if you are more, you got a question, just quick 30 second introduction. Then you can go to the question. Um, if any other moms got questions, then go ahead and tap in there. Because I got one, if, uh, <laughs> if nobody else got one. So I'll, I'll ask this, Nick, real quick. So just a general question. I think this is just something that a lot of people, um, probably something that's on their minds. Of course, we know that Airbnb gives um, their host guarantee insurance policy. One of the things that and, – and, and I think some of the mistakes that a lot of hosts make is really – totally rely on that policy solely for their business, for Airbnb business. Now, one of the things that I was told go to this business was that never rely on an insurance policy that doesn't have your name on it. Can you guys speak to that Airbnb policy? And is it enough coverage and is it, or is it not? And why? And why is it important to, to, to have outside coverage? I think you kind of hit the nail on the head, TJ. If you, don't, if you don't have an insurance policy with your name on, assume you are not covered. Um, I advise everybody to go and do their own independent research on quote unquote free insurance. Um, I've never sold free insurance. I've never had positive claims reviews from the, the mythical free insurance that I've never sold. Uh, I, I just, I don't believe in it. I don't trust it. Um, there are positive reviews. I'm not going to say they haven't, they haven't had their, their share of, of claims payouts. Um, but I'll just, I'll just give you this example with, um, the host guarantee. It, what happened was, is I had a client in uh, Washuga, Washington, nice little two bedroom cabin, nothing, nothing fancy. Had an Airbnb guest show up on Friday. His neighbor calls in, uh, calls him and says, there, there's about a hundred people at your house. So he calls the, the sheriff, they go out, they shut down this party. He ends up kicking these people out of his house. The next day they break into his home and end up causing $109,000 in damage. Airbnb ended up offering him a settlement, I think of around 20,000, something like that. 
Um, that was a claim we ended up responding to in full subject to, I believe he, he carried a thousand dollars deductible. So thousand bucks out of pocket, $109,000, uh, payout picks up his home. But I would just, I would just do some research. I mean, you just go onto Airbnb's host forum and look at the host guarantee. There's, there's a lot of people, uh, complaining, you know, not getting payouts or taking weeks or this or these crazy stipulations that you have to file an insurance claim within 72 hours or something like that, or you got to be police reports and you have to jump through all these hoops for anything to really happen. Um, not to, not to bash on Airbnb. I mean, without Airbnb, we wouldn't be doing what we're doing, but are you going to trust more calling an 800 number and getting some college intern to talk to you about insurance? Or would you rather have an insurance policy with your name on it with a phone number and you know you're going to talk to a legitimate professional who can walk you through this process. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good deal. Good deal. That's great insight regarding that. Anybody, any other moderators who have any questions, you can definitely tap in. I got one more, Nick, if that's okay. And then we'll get into some, uh, we'll start with Tracy and then we'll go from there. Um, quick question. So what about folks, Nick? Uh, oh, go ahead, Jay. You want to tap in? Well, my question is mostly around any particular new lines of business. I didn't know if we wanted to ask that now or just wait, so I'm good either way. Awesome. I'll tell you what, that's a great question. That's a great question, Jay. Uh, that's a great side. Let's do this. Let me, uh, oh, I'm going to ask this quick question because I think that would be a good segue that, since we're just on the topic where we're talking about uh, just regarding insurance, especially with Airbnb and whatnot, and then we'll tap into your question right after that. Is that okay? Perfect, perfect. So, Nick, real quick, what about folks, right, people that have units that either one, that it's a, it's a two-unit property, um, but they live in one and rent out the other one. Or maybe they have a single-family home where they're living there, but they're renting out one of the rooms. Um, are you guys able to tailor-make policies specifically for them, or is it important that they have a landlord policy or owner's policy and plus the, the short-term yeah, so so our policy is is designed to be a complete replacement of the primary insurance. And so if you have a duplex, you own a duplex, you're doing some house hacking, um, you live in one half and short-term rent out the other, we're going to insure the whole thing. It, this is your homeowner's insurance. We're going to protect your personal liability, your personal property. We're also going to insure your business operation in that, in that other unit. Um, yeah, you're going to pay a bit more money for the coverage, but you're going to get the right the right stuff in place. Um, if you are, you know, let's say you have a main floor single family house with an in-law apartment. Uh, again, we're going to insure the entire house, primary resident, and we're also going to insure the business activity. Some things that we see is you have your primary home and then you have a detached garage with an apartment above it. I don't need to insure your, your house that has no rental activity. That it makes no sense to pay the additional premium to insure that for the same stuff. We'll just insure your detached garage because your regular homeowner's insurance has an exclusion for business activities and other structures. So you just want to insure that garage with us. And it's a one bedroom garage. You know what? It's going to cost you a thousand bucks to insure your business a year. So you're probably renting that thing out for 150, 250 bucks a night. Pays for itself pretty quickly to have the right insurance and not, not have that business activity gap. Now where we, where we can't insure a property, is let's say you're, you, you know, you're an empty nester, you have a four bedroom house and you just rent out the three spare bedrooms and you're sharing common spaces with the guests like bedrooms or your guests who are renting that individual bedroom or sharing bathrooms. Proper insurance, our underwriter is not going to insure that. 
And the reason being is, is major, major risk with invasion of privacy lawsuits. My carrier just doesn't want to play with that. So if you're, if you're doing that, the, you know, the old school Airbnb, we call it room sharing. You're going to want to go with a more traditional like bed and breakfast style policy. Cause that's really what your exposure is. And at least that bed and breakfast owner occupied bed and breakfast policy is going to give you that commercial protection that's needed, especially for the shared bathrooms and shared kitchen and things like that. So our product is really for the, the, the VRBO or the Airbnb property that has private entrance, private amenities, no shared spaces type, type setup. But if the property doubles as your primary resident, we will ensure that we're completely replacing your, your regular insurance policy, as well as giving you that additional business coverage for the Airbnb. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate that. Cause I think that's, that we get that question a lot. Um, so I just wanted to, to, to have, uh, take the opportunity to have you guys shed light on that. Phenomenal. Uh, no, but you wanted to tap in on it? Yeah, just real quick before Jay asks his question, just wanted to do a quick reset. Of course, you all are in the, uh, short term rental roadmap, uh, clubhouse group. So we want to, uh, let the moderators just finish asking their last couple of questions and then we'll move to the audience questions right away. But, uh, moderators, if you could just give a quick 30 seconds to let the audience know who you are and also to let uh, proper know who you are and, um, and then ask your question and we'll keep it moving. I think Jay, you're up next. So am I asking my question or just the intro right now? Which one did you want me to give? I'm sorry. I yeah, can just oh, give yeah. a quick, quick 30 second intro so they know who you are and then go right into your question. Got it. Uh, Jay Massey, Cashflow Diary. We have a, about 27 beds here in Southern California and we train individuals all across the globe to do the same when it comes to short-term rentals. Very specifically, the question is, uh, well, it, you can answer it in any way you like. What I'm curious about is uh, additional services. So with this particular year that's in front of us, actually the next 26 months or so, there's a massive amount of opportunity for additional services. The accommodation rates have always been the least profitable part of our business. So as uh, I guess part of the, the business development plan is to do uh, a couple of things. One, as we bring on, say, a salesperson in a direct capacity, um, I'm wondering how your coverage uh, possibly assists in uh, in that way. Maybe it doesn't. If it does, I would like to know. And then when I'm talking about additional services, maybe we flower delivery, I don't know, something of that nature, or specifically, it's all around the food. Because currently, we don't provide that intentionally because of insurance concerns and wondering where you guys stand on that or if that's something that can additionally be added. And then um, vehicles, because the, well, when I, and when I say vehicles, I'm talking two kinds very specifically. First, the last mile uh, type of scooter, if you will, uh, that, that people can use in an urban area to go around. And then I'm also referring to uh, cars. And I'm hoping that you are going to say something of the effect of, oh, yeah, we got you. We're going to cover all that. But, yeah, I'll let you go from there. Yeah, Jay, that's a loaded question. So um, to, to, to try and make it as simple as possible, our, our 
space with insurance. Our, our particular product is designed to cover a home. So it follows, we have this thing in insurance that we have to stay regulated through. It's called ISO. And ISO is the insurance services office. They're the ones that write the insurance forms. And, and we can make modifications in certain areas. Um, yes, but we're regulated by that, by those form languages. So since we're selling a homeowner style policy, um, anything that's considered an auto or a wheeled vehicle is just not going to be insured. Now we do cover amenities like bicycles, um, golf carts that aren't uh, licensed for road use. We'll cover liability on those things. Um, small watercraft. When it comes to like the, the electric scooters or electric bikes, um, I, I've really tried with our underwriter to try and accept that, but um, I mean, I, I get worried about my old man on his electric bike. That thing goes like 45 miles an hour. Uh, you just you just don't really want to want to assume that risk for your vacation rental. And the biggest the biggest terminology I can use is duty of care and assumption of risk. So not everybody knows how to operate, you know, that that electric scooter that you rent on the side of the street. But the thing is, is when they put hit their cell phone on that thing and rent it, they're they're taking the liability on from that company. That company has liability to protect them if somebody comes after them for, for getting hurt. To the food service question, we're we're totally cool with, with you guys offering third party services. We just want to make sure that you're using, you know, licensed catering companies. Because if somebody has a food liability issue and gets sick, that needs to fall on their insurance, right? You, you shouldn't be coming and knocking on the door in the morning with a breakfast casserole that you made. Um, you're, you're just assuming too much risk. And it's, it's just something that, that no insurance company is going to be able to build a homeowner's insurance product that is, that is going to cover all of this stuff in, in one singular package. It's just the, the, the regulations and the form language just isn't built out, right? Now, from a like an like an auto standpoint, or maybe again, you're a lakefront property and you have a, a 50 horsepower pontoon boat. Get commercial insurance for that that amenity that you're providing, because again, we don't cover auto, we don't cover motorized watercraft over 10 horsepower. But if you have another insurance policy that you bought, offer that amenity all day long. As long as you have other insurance, that's all we're really going to verify. Got it, got it. I was just hoping maybe even if it's a separate policy, especially on the auto, that you guys were going to develop something that we could use. That's all. Yeah, I mean we're we're one trick pony, Jay. I know I know you you know done business with us for a while, but um, and, and sent clients over, and we really appreciate. It. I know you've been working with Oliver in our office quite a bit, um, but uh, yeah, I mean it's just we're not going to get into the auto space. It's, it's just not what we specialize in. Um, this is this is what we know. This is what we're good at. Um, we know how to outpace the competition with additional coverages when the market needs it, and we can get that approved. Um, but it's not to say that a few years down the road we don't we don't expand our marketplace. Um, in fact, for the for the owners, shameless plug to our sister company. For those of you who manage more than five properties, we do have another product line available for accidental damage protection which also turns into a revenue share source um, as well for you, the property manager, to implement that into your booking process. Um, a company called Wavo, W-A-I-V-O, maybe a conversation for another day, but we, we do have uh, that new sister company for those of you who have five or more properties on your book. 
Hey, um, Noble, I uh, wanted to introduce myself for everybody here in the room. And Nick, um, thank you so much for all the clarity you're giving around this. Um, I own a property management company based out of Scottsdale called Home Slice Stays. Uh, and I have been working with you quite often uh, throughout the past five years or so. Um, and I currently am using Wavo. So it's, it's great that you mentioned that it's $35 on each reservation. And anytime there's like damaged sheets or something like that, it covers up to 10000 I just take a photo and then I just get to replace it immediately. So even if it's like a guest who didn't mean to break that cup, but I don't want to, you know, hunt them down on, on Airbnb to get that feedback. And I don't want to, you know, um, bother the homeowner and tell them that I'm going to have to pay for it or whatever, replace it. It's great to have Wavo to be able to cover that small thing. So, again, I really appreciate this room and I appreciate what you're, what you're uh, sharing with us today, Nick. Thank you so much. So that I'm clear, Nick, I just want to make sure you guys are under, because you're actually answering possibly a question. You guys are the ones underwriting that? Uh, Wavo, Wavo is, uh, not underwritten, underwritten through proper or our underwriters at Lloyd's of London. Um, for those of you, those of you who've known who proper insurance is for a while, our, our co-founder at proper, Darren Pettyjohn, uh, launched that with his other partners of proper, um, to really reinvent the, the, the damage waiver protection and, and get rid of the need of security deposit and really make it a seamless a seamless thing for those property managers who, you know, you get a couple grand worth of damage and you don't want to hassle your homeowner about, you know, replacing sheets or replacing a couple broken plates and you, you file a claim and you really, you get a check. And, and depending on how you set up your contract with them, you're making 35, 40 bucks every booking. And that goes straight into your, your revenue line items. Again, I can't really speak on it too much. I'm not part of that team, but, um, you know, it is something to take a look at. Like Ellie said, it, you know, it does take a lot of that frustration out. Um, I don't actually know who the underwriter is, to be perfectly honest, Jay. <laughs> yeah, no, totally understood. That's why I had moved for it because I, I was actually trying to do research to find that out. And I was unable to, to uh, get my idea satisfied. And then when you just mentioned it, I was like, wait a minute, that would be awesome. But so it's all good. I, I will figure it out. I just wanted to make sure that it was not, uh, or that if it was or wasn't, because that, that obviously makes a difference then. And yes, I do appreciate uh, everything that you guys have done. You've been very helpful to us. And uh, maybe it's time for us to talk about some sort of deeper partnership, maybe. Love it. Love it. Yeah, I, I guess the best way to explain Wavo is legally there's an underwriter. So there's, a, there's an A-rated underwriting company behind it. But more or less, it's a, it's a shared pool of risk, right? So everyone, every time your guests are paying for this damage, there's a premium paid to Wavo and their their underwriter. Um, but it, it's really just a pot of money that you claim against based on your contract with your limit of coverage, whether it's one thousand, three thousand, or five thousand, or I think it goes up to ten thousand for accidental damage protection. Yeah, I just need a little bit more transparency on the either the bonding part of just making sure the money is there. That's all. That that was that was my concern. Yeah, get, get in touch with Ollie, Jay, and he'll, he'll kick you over to Darren and Bree over at Wavo, and they'll go through it with you. Website for Wavo one more time, Dick. I don't know if you gave it out. Give me the website. It's uh, W-A-I-V-O dot I-O. 
Nick, that's great. Great question, uh, Ellie. We appreciate that. Hey, before we move to audience questions, we want to just do a quick room reset. As all of you know, you are uh, tapped into the short-term rental roadmap with uh, Mr. TJ to Johnny, uh, heading that up. And, you know, I'm, I'm just collaborating with him on tonight's event. I'm with the Hospitality Cashflow uh, Club Room. But wanted to let everyone know that this room is being recorded. Uh, it will be available uh, to anyone who would like the recording. Just simply go into my bio and tap into the Hospitality Cashflow IG and just follow the account. And I'll make sure you get a copy of the uh, recording for tonight. And with that said, uh, we want to go ahead and take a couple of audience questions. I think Tracy is showing up first on my list. So, Tracy, if you want to unmute and just uh, start with my question is, and we'll get right into it. Okay. Thank you, Flo. Um, so, my question is, it's, uh, in reference to two, two uh, different um, situations I have. I have a uh, duplex where it has a long-term runner and the other side is for short-term rental and then I have a five-unit apartment building that um, uh, just recently turned one of the uh, units into a uh, short-term short rental under uh, Airbnb. So I'm just wondering how that um, insurance would look uh, for that. They're both under property management and the uh, property management is on my insurance. That's required for the building. So, do I add a, an additional uh, insurance policy in that situation? Great question, Tracy. So, on the duplex, LTR and STR, um, yeah. we're going. If you own that whole building, we're going to insure that whole building. Um, okay. And and we don't have any, you know, we don't have any like. That's, I don't know the best way to say this. Uh, we don't have any occupancy restrictions. I guess the easiest way to put it. Um, so a rental is a rental, right? Now we specialize in short-term rental insurance. We want short-term rental risk to be at the property in order to get into the club, if you will. Um, one requirement that my underwriter carries is, is typically a minimum of 50% of the hospital units to be short-term rented. So in a duplex, when you have a long-term rental, and let's just say one long-term is three bedrooms and then your short-term rental is a one bedroom. We're still going to insure that whole unit because you're 50-50, right? You have one unit in one unit. It's all right. good. We're going, to, we're going to cover that whole risk for you. Now on the five unit building, that's where, that's where we get a little tricky. If you own that whole building, which let me ask, do you own the whole building? Yes. Okay. So on that building, because you're less than 50% short-term rental, um, we, we kind of have two options for you. Okay. Option number one is that you maintain your current insurance policy and then you insure that short-term rental with a, like a rental arbitrage unit. You basically uh, lease it back to yourself okay. and you, you insure that single short-term rental unit with $0 in building coverage, your contents protection, income, and liability. Now, as that, as that five-unit building progresses and let's say you, you, cancel two more long-term leases and convert them to short-term rental because you're making money on it. As soon as you get above 50%, we're just going to insure the whole structure. We're going to do the whole thing. We're going to replace all of your insurance. Now, the other thing we could do, let's say you currently are planning on converting two units of that five units to short-term rental within the next, say, year. We're just going to go ahead and insure the whole building for you. 
because we know your plan is is to move to a, at least fifty percent short term rental exposure. Oh, okay, 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 good. So in both situations, I would um, well as long as it's fifty percent, I would replace the insurance that I have now, and then um, so with the so with the duplex since it's already uh, it already qualifies. I would replace that insurance, and then I would add my property manager to the short-term rental insurance. Yeah, and and absolutely. So it, I'm not sure if I touched on it earlier in our introduction, but our our insurance policy is designed to be a comprehensive replacement to the existing policy. So we're not okay. a supplemental style company. So we're not going to just tack on to what you already have. We are going to completely replace the current insurance on that structure. And if you have a lender, it completely satisfies the lender as well because they're mm-hmm. looking for traditional type insurance on it. And so, again, we completely re- replace the property coverage. Um, the duplex, it qualifies, will replace the whole thing. The five unit would just be a discussion with the rep in my office, depending on, on where that's located, on whether the best plan for you right now is doing the, the lease back with a, a, a rental arbitrage style policy on that one unit, or if you're committed to making more of those units short-term rental, we just go through the approval process with my underwriter to replace the entire insurance, even though you're less than 50% exposure. Okay. All right. Great. And are there some states that you don't cover? We write insurance in every county and every state. Okay, cool. All right. Great. Thank you. Yeah, great, great questions, Tracy. I, I kind of want to just just speak on something that that Nick said that's important. Like that scenario that Tracy gave, uh, when she has that one unit that's a short term rental, and she had, but the but the building has five units total. Um, so it's in the way that that proper and correct me if I'm wrong, Nick, if I'm speaking not a term, but the way you're going to ensure that one unit is to treat it like an arbitrage style model. This means that. There's, there has to be proper entity structuring in order to do that, right? Because she owns this building, but that means that there has to be more than one entity involved. So that means that she has to own the building in one entity and arbitrage it, quote unquote, to her, from herself with her short-term rental entity, right? And then that's the entity that's getting the coverage on that one unit. So I think this is important to note that just proper entity structure is important especially in a situation like Tracy. Nick, am I, am I, am I along, the, right along the line with that or no? You're 100% correct. So typically how we see that situation go, and, and Tracy, maybe this is exactly how you're set up. Um, typically we see these types of properties deeded in a personal name, primarily because the financing from a lender is a lot more favorable. So you're operating your quote-unquote vacation rental business under a, some LLC. And so what we would do is, is we would list the LLC in that situation because that's who you, Tracy, as a personal individual, you're leasing to your LLC. We're going to list the LLC as the named insured, i.e. business operator. And then we're going to name Tracy as an additional insured interest on that, uh, call it commercial renter's insurance policy for that one unit. Well, actually, I, it is under my LLC. It's a uh, five unit, which, which qualifies as commercial. So it is um, financed under LLC. So and then I would... Yeah, so then, then you would lease from the LLC to your name personally for $1 a month, right? So just so you have that contractual separation. And then Tracy would be the named insured, and the LLC would be the additional insured. We just do it the other way. 
Hey, Nick, is it okay if both entities are LLCs or one has to be a, per, a primary personal name? 100%. With our policy, because it's set up um, with, with commercial forms on the back end, it doesn't matter if it's a sole proprietorship and your personal names, an LLC, an S-Corp, limited family partnership, trust, Roth IRA that you borrowed money from and needs to be named as an insured for the product. Right. We can do it all. Perfect, perfect. Hey, can I ask one more question, TJ? Yeah, oh yeah, for sure, Jacob. So, uh, Nick, I'm wondering, like, and again, you may have covered this before I arrived, uh, but the with the advent of, uh, we'll say, COVID and our recent emergency situation, uh, that had me looking for cancellation insurance that covers for, for our, for, you know, for the host side or operator side. And I was just wondering if that is something that you guys considered as maybe a supplemental or any additional coverage, or if you know of an entity or company out there that is doing such. Right now, the space for protection against trip cancellation is really, and I know it's not the favorable option for most hosts, but requiring every booking to purchase that like $59 uh, trip insurance through CSA or like Red Sky Travel. Now I have no idea if those policies cover COVID related trip cancellations by any means. Um, but, but it, it's again, it's one of those things, Jay, where, you know, we could, we could look into it, but again, we're, we're reinventing the wheel and competing in a space that's already relatively flooded. Um, I'm not saying that we don't want to do it, but the amount of money and resources behind developing a policy to compete with, with CSA and Red Sky and UID travel and the companies that are already, already out there kind of doing that stuff. Um, it, it's just not profitable for us. But again, I know, I know it's not the favorable option doing, you know, requiring somebody to pay 59 bucks for CSA or Red Sky Travel. Um, but that, that's really the only option that I'm aware of right now. Okay. And just for clarity, I was talking about something that covers us, not necessarily the traveler. Yeah. Yeah. That, there's nothing I know directly to you that you can buy as a supplemental to protect against loss of market uh, trip cancellation. Okay. Got it. That's interesting that there's not one, though. I mean... too like there should be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's just crazy how much money it takes financially to get a product, an insurance product, off the off the ground because the, the filings with all 50 states and all of this stuff. And again, you're, you're subject to ISO form languages. So it could be a very long process to get new form approval through ISO. I mean, we could, we could apply for that. We could get something figured out and apply for it today. And we may not see it in the market or approved by those forms for another five years. Got it. Got it. Awesome. Appreciate that question. Uh, uh, Jay and, uh, and Nick appreciate that answer. Um, Tracy, did we get you taken care of? I think we answered most of your questions. Is that correct? Yes, you sure did. Uh, I'm going to be contacting you, Nick, because uh, my first, um, my first guest is uh, Monday. <laughs> we got the same Sorry, we can do it for you, Tracy. Look forward to hearing from you. All right. Thank you. Great stuff, Tracy. Appreciate you coming up. Thanks, TJ. All right. Next up, I'm showing on my list uh, RK. RK, if you want to unmute and uh, start with my question is. 
Hi, uh, this is uh, uh, Rajweer and her husband, Jazz. And I have a question. So we have one rental unit in California in Ventura County. And uh, we have it for a little over a year. And what happened is we got proper insurance. And a few months back, I got a letter from property insurance saying that uh, due to the fire hazard in the area, and uh, we will not uh, continue, we will not renew your coverage after it expired. So now it has expired, and I contacted our representative, and he mentioned that uh, there was a claim in the area. That, and the other reason was that uh, due to the fire hazards in the area, uh, they said that they will not renew our insurance. So even the representative spoke with the underwriter. He said, no, we are not going to renew it. So what? Ha- so this building that we are in, it is a brand new building um, built in 2019, late 2019. And there's no mountains or hills or anything nearby. And uh, so I just wanted to know, because we were, we were thinking of getting more units in that complex or nearby in that city. So we don't know any other options that we have so we are kind of uh, at a moment like we don't know what to do so can you help us out in this situation yeah it's california oregon washington idaho colorado utah have new mexico even um since the big fires in california uh was at 2017 um it, it really shook up the insurance world. We're not, we're not the only ones um, who, who have to go through this. So it, it's, really, it's really difficult for me as, a, as, a, as an insurance agent and as, as a liaison, if you will, to our clientele that we have to send these emails that says our carrier no longer wants to accept this risk because of data models built on a computer that tell us that the potential fire risk is outside of the variables that they're willing to accept. Um, it's something that we've been dealing with for a while, but unfortunately the risk management databases have gone through rigorous updates with, uh, with fuels and, and all sorts of different stuff with fire. We, we're currently doing our best to fight against it. Um, right now we use four different fire models. Um, to see if it's something that fits within the structure that our underwriter, Lloyds of London, will accept. Um, I, I, it pains me because I don't have a solution for you. Um, my hands or our hands as proper are really tied to, to the underwriting force, Lloyds of London. Does that mean it's going to change in the future? I, I hope so. Um, I mean, we, we experienced a, a fire here just two miles from from our office in Bozeman, Montana, um, Bridger Canyon. It's, it's the, the mountainscape and scene that you see from town. Um, lightning strike started a fire and the wind picked up and ripped up the canyon, burning 27 homes. All homes that it, we would have wrote insurance on those the day before. They all would have been approved for, for fire protection class and, and we would have covered them. The things that are going on in California, the adjustments to, to all these, um, so all these areas in the, in the West Coast, basically the line goes from Montana all the way down to Texas um, that we have to get forest fire approval. And I know that sounds crazy because you're like, what kind of forest fire are we dealing with in Texas? Um, or or in some areas of Arizona, it's all, it's all desert and sagebrush. But 
it's just it's just an unfortunate thing that we have to deal with as insurance advisors and our, our hands are tied by the underwriter. Um, they're the ones that are accepting the risk. In most cases in California for your particular situation, um, the band-aid, if you will, has been to seek approval from my underwriter for liability only protection on our policy, at least giving you that legal defense and that million dollars in liability coverage on your units. And then in order to ensure the physical property that you own, California Fair Plan is really one of the only options that you have to look at if you own that property. Uh, so, yeah, so in that case, because that building, I mean, so that means you can still, so, so what I'm hearing is the proper insurance can still insure us, but apart from the fire, uh, fire coverage. Is that the case? It would be, it, there would be no property coverage. So no coverage for theft or vandalism either. We would just do liability only at typically at a minimum premium of about $500 a year. Okay, so what do I need? Yeah, I think I can live with that at this moment. So what do I need to do that to get the liability only coverage on our unit? Reach back out to the agent on that and, and uh, let them know that you spoke with, with Nick your director of sales and that you're reaching back out to, to seek approval for a liability only policy on your unit. Okay. Perfect. Thank you, uh, Nick. Um, this really kind of gives me a relief. All right. Well, we appreciate uh, the question. RK, thank you for that uh, answer, Nick. And uh, up next, so we'll move right along is Chanel. Chanel, if you want to unmute and ask your question, Good evening. Thank you. Thank you so much. I am so excited about this topic. Not only do I have uh, my Airbnbs, but I also have over 10 year background in insurance and I'm a total nerd for both. So um, this is a great conversation for me. My questions have to do with um, you mentioned at the beginning about that there was squatter, potentially squatter insurance covered. Um, my fourplex is completely empty and has been all throughout COVID because I'm absolutely terrified um, of a potential squatter situation. Um, also in Los Angeles with the ordinance, I can no longer do less than 30 day rental. So I'm in a situation where if I'm going to do Airbnb, it has to be minimum 30 day stays, which automatically triggers tenant rights. Um, I have actually two quick questions. One, if you could speak to how, what your, your plans are for the squatters coverage, if it's going to be like a rider or if it's included in the coverage or what that's going to look like. And also because of the ordinance where I can't do short-term stays, I'm exploring other ways to monetize the property, such as having like events like with, with peer space and those types of sites. And I was wondering if your coverage extends, even though it's not a short-term rental uh, residential stay, having somebody book my place for an event is, is also a short-term stay and does your coverage extend to that? Yeah, great question. So I'll start on the squatters coverage because it is something we're, we're really excited about. We'll be first to market with this. Um, so right now um, we are renewing our contract with our carrier. Uh, they have to sign the paperwork by March 1st. So we can't bring new product to market until at least that time. Um, current conversations internally on here for squatters coverage, 
is, um, I believe it's $15,000 in legal defense because you're going to have to go to court. You're going to have to file stuff. You're going to have to do all this stuff to get these people kicked out through the legal channel. Um, I do believe we're also going to include 30 days of lost business income. And I do also believe that we are maintaining no limit on vandalism to your property from that squatter, which is in the base, the regular insurance policy. Um, my current conversations with leadership here have been a price of 50 to $75 a year for that coverage to be added to the policy. It is optional, um, but we're going to offer it on every policy that goes out our door. Um, so and that's something for us to look forward to as far as the, the full formal details on it. Again, I don't have everything. Um, I've just been involved in some initial negotiation on it with our carrier. Uh, as far as the peer space type stuff with events. So our policy does allow for a, a minimal amount of events a year. And I'm going to say the safe number is 10 or less in a year. Um, and that would be things like corporate retreats, weddings, family reunions, things of that nature, where there could be third-party carriers or other you know, third-party catering and things of that nature. We charge an additional $50 a year for liability, and we require that um, you give us a, basically a written promise that anytime you book your property as an event space, that you're going to require that party to purchase event insurance. A uh, quick website for everybody, eventinsurancenow.com. I think it's like $75 a day for them to buy insurance and list you as an additional insured interest on that, on that extra liability. So, so that is, that is an option um, for HNL, the, depending on the amount of frequency you're doing it. Of course, it goes to my underwriter for review. If you're doing 50 weddings a year at your, at your ranch in Texas, you're an event venue. You need to go to our other sister company, Wister Insurance, which deals with special events. That's another shameless plug, but um, good opportunity to bring them up. So, you know, it's something that we can look at. Minimal events at a property, fully acceptable. You're just going to pay an extra 50 bucks a year for an extension of liability on that. If you're doing a lot of events, uh, you probably need to look at a more robust insurance policy than our product. I'm just uh, hey, thank you so much. Hey, real quick, um, and that's great, Nick, because we actually hosted a room with, with one of the PeerSpace co-founders and a lot of, turned a lot of people on into the peer space model as well as it pertains to the short-term rental space in general. So that's that's a great insight there just regarding that coverage. Can you give them that coverage one more time, that system company, just so folks have it? Is there a website that people can tap into? Yeah. Because a lot of folks incorporate peer space with their listings as well. So Wister, W-I-S-T-E-R dot insure. Uh, there's no dot com. So again, it's just Wister dot insure, I-N-S-U-R-E. Um, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be honest, it, it's not cheap. Um, I mean, if you, if you run a traditional bed and breakfast or you're doing, you know, these uh, primarily a wedding venue, I mean, you, you're going to be looking at, you know, 20 grand a year easy for, for insurance protection. There's, there's a lot of liability that needs to be underwritten. There's a lot of risk on the carrier, a lot of potential liability with that stuff. I mean, my, my, my primary thing is I'm always one of those guys is like stick to what you're good at. Um, you know, I think most everybody, you know, listening in here is good at being an Airbnb operator. If you get a request once or twice a year to host a 50-person wedding, go for it. Do it. I'm not stopping you from making that extra money. I'm just saying that there's some extra stipulations you need to be concerned about. And you definitely need to let whoever your insurance provider know that what's going on at your property to make sure 
you know, you got to verify your insurance, right? You want to make sure that you're protected to, to host that event at your property. Nick, can I, I just ask just... a quick clarifying question on that? Because you said, I think you said if, if you're going to host a couple events a year, what do you say? It's roughly an extra like 50 bucks or something through proper just for yep. the extra coverage? Yep. Okay. Yeah, Thank $50. you. $50. And like I said, if we, we send a series of questions. It's like 10 questions. We have the answer. So we know what your event, what your event outlook looks like for the year. Um, and we generally catch that if you're, if you're doing business with us, we always ask for your online listing and then we'll see on your online listing that parties or events are allowed. Um, we're going to ask those questions. We, you know, in full disclosure, we, we have clients to do two or three a year and, and my underwriter waives that additional 50 bucks. Um, you don't end up paying it, but just expect that if you're doing a couple of those a year, we're going to, we're going to charge an extra $50 on the liability. And we're still going to require that you go through a company like Event Insurance now and require your um, the 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 party that's booking your property for that event purchase that that additional liability protection. Just to Thank clarify, you. just to clarify that, um, Nick, you said because I, in my situation it's just a small residential apartment building. It's not like a ranch or anything that can be used, particularly as an event venue. But if I want to rent out one of my units, say for a YouTuber or somebody who has a cooking show and they want to do my kitchen or a student film, you know, wants to use the backyard as a place to, to shoot a film or, or music video, not nowhere near the scale of a, of a wedding. But um, obviously, you know, I would love to do that more than 10 times in a year. Were you recommending even with the additional insurance from the event insurance now? no more than say maybe 10 is what the tolerance is for proper. And if I'm going to do more than that, it may not be a fit. Am I so, so based on that description, so like I said, we have this series of like 10 questions for you to provide details of what you're doing to my underwriter for them to take a look at it. Right. They, they want to sure get, get the flavor of what's going on. Is it a risk they're willing to accept something like that? Um, you know, the, the tolerance may be, maybe 20 events a year. Right? I can't really speak to what they, what they would say. I mean, I'll give you an example. We had, you know, had a client who last year did 12 weddings at their property. Um, and then this year they're expecting to do 40. We, we're, wow. no longer, we're no longer willing to, to stay on that risk because their primary revenue source now is wedding, right? So in your situation, again, we'd want to get those questions answered and get those questions in front of my underwriter and let them make a determination on, on what they want to do, on, on how they want to assess that particular risk. Um, I'll be honest. I, I mean, we have plenty of properties all over the U.S. that, you know, you know even advertise. They don't use um, the, the PeerSpace website. They just on Airbnb, they say contact us for photo shoots or things like that. And, you know, they pay the extra 50 bucks and my underwriter schools it. Yeah. And one more thing, Matt, is Justin. Um, I mean, in regards to the, the photo shoots, and especially once you have a film for construction, if you're running out for that, it kind of follows the same line as if you have a wedding and you require that they have, or we would require that you require that they have their own insurance for that event. Um, with the production, there's production insurance as well. So it, it's just kind of going down the line and making sure everyone has the insurance in place. That way, someone on, you know, at that film production with injured, it doesn't come flying right back to you. There is another insurance involved. Thanks so much. Excellent. That's a great, great conversation right there. That was awesome. Um, Noble, do you want to tap in on that? Or just uh, keep 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 it going? 
Uh, yeah, real quick, um, if we can just do a, um, a quick uh, room reset. So for the folks that are with us, so a couple things, guys. If you can um, just start tapping some people and bringing them into the room, I think there's a, just a ridiculous wealth of information uh, that uh, Nick and Justin are providing from proper insurance. And certainly we wanted to, while we have this opportunity with them, give them maximum exposure. Uh, of course, proper is probably the single largest short-term rental insurance uh, provider in the United States. And so this is a, a, a rare opportunity to uh, hear directly from these guys. So so please uh, tap some people into the room and then, you know, want to keep it moving. Again, this is the uh, Short-Term Rental Roadmap Room uh, hosted by TJ every Wednesday. Uh, you know, I have the Hospitality Cash Flow Club. You know, we wanted to collaborate on this tonight, but, uh, you know, we appreciate you joining us. This is a recorded uh, uh, session. And so if you'd like the recording, just simply tap on my bio and follow the Hospitality Cash Flow Instagram page, and then you'll be uh, queued up to get the recording of this room. Uh, but with that said, I wanted to make sure before we move on to uh, Ken next, did uh, any of the other moderators on stage have any quick questions? If you did, I want to open the mic up to you, give you 30 seconds to do a quick, quick intro and ask your questions. My hand's up, Noble. Um, hi, my name's Tracy. Um, I'm in Japan. Um, I am a short-term rental host, but I'm also a blogger and I'm a consultant and coach and I help people all over the world with their hospitality, um, with their productivity and profitability. Uh, so that's who I am uh, as, a, as, a, as a business. Um, you, can find, uh, you can find me through Instagram and I've got a, a ton of links there to, to a lot of blog posts about duty of care and about all different, you know, some of the non-sexy parts of, um, of the Airbnb business in terms of, um, you know, being a growing up and having your business insurance in place and having, um, having all your safety systems in place. I actually write quite a number of blog posts on that um, because I think it's a, an extremely important part um, of running a business as a business. My question is, though, um, m most of my clients are actually in the U.S. Uh, because that's where the short-term rental market is just booming right now. Um, but your underwriter, do they offer products um, to, uh, to short-term rental hosts in other, in other markets outside of the U.S.? And, and you've mentioned a couple of other sister products. Do you have any other sister companies that are not U.S.-based? Great question. So because our company is, is domiciled in the United States, uh, we can only insure in the 50 United States, not including Puerto Rico or uh, Virgin Islands or anything like that. Um, the product that we sell through Lloyd's of London uh, is for the most part, although, again, back to the ISO form language, the standardization in the, in the U.S. on insurance policy is, is common knowledge. Um, the trademarks and the extension of coverages that we have copyrighted are particular to proper, not particular to Lloyd's of London. Um, there are other companies out there that insure outside of the United States and have vacation rental products. Um, I would advise that you do a quick Google search of the who's who in the vacation rental industry. Um, I haven't seen their 2021 uh, uh, mailer come out yet. Um, they're 2020. Um, it's like 50 pages. Um, there is, I think, I want to say there's like 15 insurance companies. And fortunately, hang on just a sec. I actually have my computer up in our conference room here. Um, Got to find it real quick. And I'll give you, a, I'll give you an actual answer here. 
So outside of the United States, a full comprehensive style insurance policy uh, is going to be uh, like Boshers, B-O-S-H-E-R-S. They're an uh, independent insurance providing uh, specialty solutions to business owners and holiday homeowners. And they're based in the, they're for the UK. Um, there's a company called Instasure, I-N-S-T-A-S-U-R-E.com. They do uh, Europe and South Africa. And then who else is on here? Oh, these come into, now I'm looking at travel insurance companies. Bear with me, folks. Um, Showfields Insurance is based out of the UK, and they insure in the United Kingdom, Spain, France, Italy, and Portugal. Um, so again, this is something that you guys, everybody can look up and look up the who's who uh, of the vacation rental industry. Their recent one is for 2020. And uh, you're looking at about 80 pages of documents, and there's about six pages of different insurance providers worldwide. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, guys. I'm making massive notes here because, um, you know, I'm trying to add value to my clients as much as possible. So thank you for thank you for making my job a little easier. Happy to help. Good deal. Good deal. Appreciate that question, Tracy. Thank you so much. Um, any other moderators before we tap in? We'll go to Ken. There. Cool, cool. I see Colin Will jumped on. I appreciate y'all tapping in. Um, we'll go to we'll go to Ken next. Ken, you got a question for us? Thanks for having me on your room there, Noble. It's Ken from Canada. As we speak, I have a house in Winnipeg that the furnace quit on. I have uh, four guests there for another two weeks. I had the furnace repairman down there, and basically the furnace has to be replaced. So my thought process is the guest didn't do anything wrong. It was a mechanical system malfunction. So I phoned the homeowner and told him to phone his insurance coverage to get this furnace replaced because we had to get it done ASAP. I mean, it's minus 21 here right now. So I guess my question is, like, how do you decide who's responsible for coverage? Is it the homeowner insurance or is it the proper insurance? So... So again, Ken, uh, our policy would completely replace the regular homeowner's policy. So, um, you know, whoever owns that property that you're managing would contact their insurance company for something like that. Now, when we have, uh, from a U.S. standpoint, again, I can't speak to, to insurance, how that's written in, in Canada, but at least in the United States, there's, there's an exclusion in all insurance for homes for mechanical breakdowns. And it doesn't matter if it's negative 21 or 120 and your AC goes out or, you know, we're in Bozeman, Montana. We had a week, we had uh, uh, 10 days below zero last week. Um, so I, I definitely feel you on that one. But typically speaking, when your furnace has a, has a mechanical breakdown, um, the, the furnace, the appliance itself is not covered under the home insurance policy, at least, at least on the U.S. insurance form. And if the homeowner has purchased an extended home warranty, uh, when they bought the property, it's probably covered under that. And if they don't have that, unfortunately, the furnace becomes, it comes an out of pocket expense for them, uh, that they just need to get replaced. Now, again, speaking to, to us based insurance, if the failure of that furnace, that mechanical breakdown, now you have no heat in the property and your pipes freeze. I mean, we're dealing with this in Texas right now with the power going out. 
those frozen pipes, not due to negligence, is responded to on most homeowners insurance policies. Yeah, I'm not sure what the homeowner has on his insurance policy. Um, I do have professional liability insurance under, under my property management company. So you're saying that if, if I had proper insurance, the homeowner wouldn't need homeowner's insurance? Yeah, we are. We Our policy would completely replace the homeowner's current policy. We are the new homeowner's insurance product to cover that property. So again, we're not a supplemental product. Uh, we are a comprehensive replacement of the current insurance, becoming the new primary insurance carrier. Um, again, we are we are confined to the 50 U.S. states. Um, Canada has been on our radar. Uh, we just need to find a company domiciled in Canada and get approval from Canada to sell the product there. Um, but again, you know, I can't really attune to. The, the standardized insurance forms in Canada, but I would suspect that they probably have the same stipulations that a mechanical breakdown, even though it's negative 21 and one might argue, you know, act of God, if you will, that mechanical breakdown is not covered. But typically speaking, any resulting frozen pipes and water damage from that mechanical breakdown would be responded to on, on a homeowner's product. Yeah, that's what we're also looking at it is uh, trying to get it replaced as soon as we can for just that reason of the frozen pipes and stuff. But thank you for your time there, Nick. Awesome. Great, great question, Ken. Much appreciated on that. Uh, we will go to Michael next. What's going on, bro? Hey, TJ. Hello, everybody. Um, I have uh, three questions. Uh, my first question is... Um, I don't know if a proper insurance like um, special vacation rentals like uh, tree-out, tiny homes, and tents. Um, do you have like a package for that? And then my second question will be um, for hosts that uh, actually buys a uh, house as a primary residence uh, for the first year and actually doing Airbnb with it. Because um, typically on paper, it's considered that you're leaving there, but you can also technically kind of, you know, do it as a short-term rental. Um, do you guys have like a policy that can kind of cater to um, hosts that are in this uh, kind of situation? And then my third question is um, for hosts that, you know, kind of host part-time, maybe like they are international hosts, they stay in the house when they are in town, like six, seven months, and they put it on Airbnb or other short-term rental when they're not in town. Do you guys have like a part-time coverage for them to use or they would have to purchase a policy for the whole year? Great question. So um, starting with question number one, tree house, tiny house, glamping tents, yurts, uh, permanently affixed RVs that you, you built like a permanent deck around. It's no longer mobile. Uh, we will ensure all of that. Um, tree houses and tiny houses get tough because uh, insurance, especially our insurance uh, underwriters, look to make sure that everything is adhering to um, international building code of 2015. So the common problem that, that I find when I get tree houses or tiny homes uh, that we're looking to quote is they don't have appropriate hand railing or guard railing uh, on elevated spaces or stairs. And so we do require that those be installed pursuant to the language in that international building code, um, which, which is standard. You call a contractor, tell them you need it to code, they know how to make it. Um, if you are hosting a property with acreage with independent campsites that people bring their own tent 
I do see that stuff on Airbnb and, and companies like hipcamp.com. Uh, those are not properties that we're going to insure. That, that needs a campground insurance policy. Uh, there's plenty of options in the market for that. If you have a, if you have a property with three yurts on it, let's say you own 10 acres, you put up three yurts. We're, we're cool with that. We'll insure all three yurts. We'll, we'll give you the, the regular insurance policy. We just want to make sure that there's no shared common spaces between those, uh, those independent parties of guests that don't know each other. So no shared bathhouses, no shared kitchen units, uh, shared fire pits can be a problem. People start drinking, don't know each other. You run into some issues there. So we steer away from that. But if you have, again, three yurts and you're doing a, clamp, a glamping setup, and the yurt has its own little kitchen and its own uh, bath facility uh, that's independent of the other one. We will ensure that entire risk. Um, but again, you just got to be careful with tiny homes and tree houses. Uh, underwriting is probably going to come back and make you make, make some addendum. Uh, it's going to cost a little bit of money in construction to get that place up the code for safety standards. Um, on that note, um, again, shameless plug for a great partner, Breezeway Safety. Um, their home safety inspections for vacation rental operators, it's totally worth every penny of the 60 bucks or whatever it costs to do it. Um, if you're a proper insurance customer, it's free. Um, and would also give you a discount on your premiums, but they're going to go through a self, a home, a self inspection with you to make sure your property is the, the coast and that you have all the safety features in place to, uh, make sure your guests have a, have a fun and safe stay at your property. Question number two, primary residence. Um, you live there full time and then you go away on the weekends and that's when you book Airbnb. Again, because our policy is designed as a comprehensive replacement to the homeowner's insurance, we will replace your homeowner's product and provide you with the necessary business coverages needed for that incidental rental activity that you have. Same goes for part-time residents. Um, it's important for, for me to, to say again that we have no restriction on occupancy for our, for our policy. So it doesn't matter if you rent it out 30 days a year or 300 days a year, as long as it's advertised online to the general public, Airbnb, VRBO, booking.com, your own website, uh, we will insure that property. We sell an annual insurance policy. So our policy is not meant to be start and stop, start and stop only when you need it. If your risk management plan is the start and stop insurance when you need it, then you would need to investigate some of these supplemental insurance companies that are in the marketplace. Uh, but do your research on the coverage because it's not very comprehensive protection and it only ensures you during the booking period. So, you know, kind of full circle on that. Um, we pretty much will look at and underwrite and ensure any type of structure or residence that is advertised online as a short-term rental uh, for coverage, regardless of, of occupancy. It's just got to be advertised online for short-term rentals at some point in the year. Thank you. All right, uh, Michael, we appreciate you getting taken care of. Um, so we have uh, one more question we want to get to real quick with David, um, and then we want to be sensitive and respectful of uh, Nick and Justin's time. And so we'll take David's question and give the moderators the last opportunity uh, to ask any closing questions and wrap up. I think our crew bars at the. I think our crew bars are at the David. Okay, my bad. Yep. Sorry, guys. Is it my turn? Yeah, go ahead, David. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I just want to introduce myself. My name is David. Uh, shout out to all the moderators. Uh, thank you to Novo. Thank you for connecting uh, with me a couple of weeks ago. Um, 
And my question is regarding this situation I had last year, one of the properties in Vegas. Um, basically, uh, this is a single family home, uh, two car garage, and the guest to stay at the property uh, must have turned on the car. I don't have, I, I, at the time, I didn't have a camera inside the garage. Basically, uh, what we understand is uh, turned on the, the car and, it, you know, put it on drive and just blew through a whole wall, which it was a, is a bedroom there. Um, when I processed the claim through Airbnb, they weren't very helpful. Um, I was kind of out of pocket, pretty much about six to $8,000. Um, and my question is regarding the insurance. If I had uh, proper insurance, what's the documentation you, you, you require and what's the time frame for reimbursement? Sorry, David, was the end of that uh, question the time frame on reimbursement? Did I catch that right? Yeah. Yes, Nick. Thank you. Okay. So kind of two things here when it comes to insurance. Um, at your property. Number one, proper does not have a limitation on guest cost damage. Your limitation is based on the limit of insurance on that property. So you insure the house for 500,000 bucks. They drive through, they got drunk, whatever. Again, we have no liquor liability or anything like that. Liquor type exclusion. So benefit there. Um, the first responder in that claim really should be the auto insurance on that vehicle. Right. And uh, typically in a situation like that, um, the person who's driving the car doesn't want to file a claim with their insurance. So the best thing for, for you to do in that particular situation is to notify whoever your insurance carrier. So let's say you had proper insurance, you'd notify proper and say, Hey man, these guys drove their, drove their car through my house. Um, I need, I need an insurance claim. We're still going to file that claim again, subject to your deductible. Uh, most people carry a thousand dollar deductible with us. Um, so you'd be a thousand out of pocket. Uh, we let the insurance company do the, do the, what's called subrogation where they're going after that other person's insurance, right? Um, you'd also be, uh, able to claim against lost business income in that particular case. In most cases and in, in personal experience, I have a, I have a good friend. He had a, a 15 year old kid drive a truck through his living room two years ago. Uh, caused about $40,000 in damage to his property. And you file a claim with your homeowner's insurance and they responded to it, got them fixed up. And whatever that insurance company does behind the, behind the scenes to go after and subrogate, i.e. sue, that person is up to them. So that would have been something we, we would have been able to pay out. As far as timeline goes, David, insurance, um, they call it a claims process for a reason. Sometimes it takes a week. Um, sometimes it takes longer than that. Sometimes, again, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to go to Noble on this, man. Him and I, him and I were in communication for a couple of weeks and, and sometimes we got to crack some skulls at the adjustment company to get, to get things done. Um, they, they just move slow just the way it is. And we do our best to try and mitigate claims as quickly as possible. Um, Noble did send me over some pre questions. So one thing I'll touch on with proper is actually as of, as of Monday this week, um, we have hired our own internal claims person. Um, in the coming in 2021, we will have a full service claims department in our office. So we're not dealing with these third party companies that don't hold the same values of customer service that we do. Um, so as far as getting money quickly, that process is just simply going to become faster and faster with proper because we're taking those steps for internal claim servicing. Um, and, and this guy's like crazy. I mean, he's, he's done claims for, um, for, for rock stars in Chicago. Um, like him or not, he's done claims for the, for the Trump family. Um, you know, very high profile clients. And 
we're super excited to have him join our team to help make your claims experience as, as good as as good as buying the insurance experience was. So, Nick, just one quick question. As far as documentation, um, are you going to be requesting pictures, a police report? What type of documentation would you be requesting? Yeah, always take pictures, man. Uh, always, always document everything that happened. Um, the, the big thing is, is when you contact proper insurance or, or contact your insurance agent to file a claim, they typically don't need all that documentation to file the claim for you. But typically within 24 to 48 hours, you'll be connected with a claims adjuster. They're the ones who will tell you exactly what documentation they're looking for. One of my biggest pieces of advice for, for everybody um, before you even have a claim is to take really good documented photos and video of your property and, and store, that, store that on the cloud so that you have it. Open up the drawers, take photos. Take pictures of serial numbers on your uh, uh, in in everything model numbers on your electronics so you know exactly what it is. Take a picture of the tag on your couch so you know the manufacturer and, and, and what that couch is so you can get it replaced with exactly what you lost. Right. Um, obviously, when somebody drives a car through a garage, it's not something that just mysteriously disappeared. So you'll be able to get photos, and then a field adjuster will show up and they'll take photos as well. Okay, got it. Thank, thank you, guys. Thank you, Nick. All right, we appreciate that uh, question, David and Nick. We appreciate the uh, the uh, the answers to all of these questions. And so, um, so we're going to go ahead and uh, you know, again, like I said, we want to be respectful of Nick and Justin's time, and uh, uh, we're going to take this one last quick question. Uh, from, I'm not even going to try to pronounce your name, brother. Just from Mr. A. So if you want to ask one last quick question, and then we're going to go ahead and start to wrap it up. Yeah, man, no, no worries, man. I uh, Everyone butchers my name, so it, it's all good. But uh, I, I want to thank you guys so much, man. I kind of learned a lot. I, I came in a little late here. Uh, but uh, just two quick questions here for Nick. So I'm actually pretty, you know, pretty soon I'm going to be starting, you know, my short-term rental business and obviously with Airbnb. Quick question here. The first question is, in terms of obviously, you know, the liability, that's a big concern for, you know, all of the, you know, the, for everyone that's operating these rentals. Um, I was wanting to know, uh, sometimes I've, whenever I went to, whenever I've been to an Airbnb, sometimes, you know, uh, hosts, they, they like to offer, you know, coffee and tea and, you know, light snacks and fruits and stuff like that. Would that be something that, uh, that is, uh, covered in the, for possible insurance, that's the first question. And the second question, I came, I came in a little bit late here. I was wondering, um, you guys went, uh, I think we talked a little bit about uh, Weibo. I think I'm mispronouncing that, but Weibo. Uh, what is that? And is that something that you get in addition to the uh, possible insurance or are they come, you know, together, essentially? Are they part of, a part of one, essentially? So those are my two questions that I had. Great, great question. So, so the offering of prepackaged goods as part of your rental, perfectly acceptable. We just don't want you cooking meals for your guests and, and dropping it off at the doorstep because that opens up a lot of, a lot of food liability because you're the one that prepared it. When we look at prepackaged goods, I'll go back to the, the topic, um, similar to in response to David's question. When you purchase, uh, commercially packaged 
food items from the store, like coffees or teas or, um, you know, bagels or, or whatever it might be as a, as a simple offering. The manufacturer of that company is the one who's liable for, for food risk, right? So it's perfectly fine to do that because if somebody comes and sues you uh, because the coffee they drank that you provided was tainted, uh, number one, you're going to have response from our insurance policy and defense. And number two, my carrier is going to go after that manufacturer and, and go after them because they're the ones that package the, those goods that you bought commercially. For Wavo, Wavo, just to touch on that again, again, I'm not, I'm not involved with the operations at Wavo, but obviously as our director of sales, I, I got to know a little bit about them. So Wavo is a replacement to uh, a replacement to the damage deposit, essentially. Um, a qualifying factor for Weibo, I know, is that you have to have five properties in your in your book of business before they'll they'll bring you on. Um, so if you have five or more properties, you qualify, and you can give them a call. Um, essentially, what it is is it's a it's a by the booking rate that's queued into your in into the into the line items, right? Let's just say it's sixty dollars a booking for this damage waiver, and you have a couple of grand worth of damage, you know, vandalism, or they stole something, or they accidentally broke some plates. Um, it's a very simple claims process via their website to say this property damage damage protection had X amount. You submit the receipts. Um, I know, I think it was Ellie spoke on it for a minute, um, but the be- the best way to get information on how that works is really to just visit their website and get in touch with the team at Wavo. Again, that's W-A-I-V-O dot I-O for the website. And, uh, and everything you need to know is going to be, is going to be on their website to, to answer those questions. All right. Thank you so much. All right. Appreciate that question. Mr. A again, thanks, Nick. Hey, I'm going to make uh, one last comment and then we'll let TJ have it close it out but uh you know i i appreciate you nick and justin for uh for joining us and for uh answering all these questions related to insurance um you know for short-term rental and uh for those of you who are still in the audience please make sure you're following nick as a matter of fact you know make sure to follow tj it's his room uh, all the moderators have a wealth of information in the short-term rental space uh so just give a quick follow Make sure to click the green house button in the top um, and be following the short-term rental roadmap room and get notified whenever TJ goes live, um, you know, on Wednesdays. And also uh, feel free to uh, to follow uh, my room, Hospitality Cash Flow. Uh, we, we typically go on Thursday, every Thursday evening. Uh, so feel free to uh, follow that as well. But again, I just wanted to, uh, to say, Nick, I appreciate you for coming in. And, uh, and dropping so much value on, on the audience. Yeah, uh, I'm happy to be here. Again, this is our first experience with Clubhouse. I'm using my wife's iPad because I don't own an Apple product. Um, but I'm, I'm, I'm seeing the value in this. Um, we're gonna, my, my setup is for proper insurance. Uh, how I set it up here. Um, Justin, I'm going to basically pass off all the login to him and, and have him build this out. And I think it's something we'll start doing ourselves. A uh, couple of quick things that, I, that I, we wanted to touch on. We just didn't get questions on it. But I want to, I want to leave with a couple of uh, two very important items out there um, in this space. 
Um, number one, we have seen from the data, uh, Justin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there has been an uptick of something like 70 plus percent of bookings and search requests for pet friendly properties. Um, if you are hosting a pet friendly property, the, the number one thing you need to look at, well, two things you need to look at on your insurance policy. And if you want a professional to look at it, we do free consultations every single day. Just get in touch with us. We'll look over your contract and, and go through it with you page by page. Pet liability is one of the largest payouts of liability claims in the U.S. year to year. On average, close to $600 million in liability uh, paid out for animal and pet related injuries. Uh, proper insurance, we have no limitation on breed and we have no limitation on animal. So there's no exclusion for animal or pet liability on our property. So again, if you're a pet friendly property, very important to make sure you have that coverage. Second to that is that we also cover off-premises. So an example, I'm not trying to scare anybody here, but this is just real life example. Prior to the Christmas break, uh, we received a claim call for a property that was not a pet-friendly property. Guests brought their dog anyways. While they were at a dog park, their dog ended up biting somebody. That person who was bit by that guest pet is suing our homeowner for $600,000. That is an off-premises liability claim and an animal and pet claim, something that we do not exclude. So it's super important if you're a pet-friendly property to make sure you have the appropriate protections for that. Uh, last thing, and this is special to our marketplace, to our policy that we carry, there's duplicators out there with this, but we were the ones that, that started it. We do provide bed bug coverage. It's a $15,000 limit of insurance. It includes seven days of lost business income in that, in that $15,000 limit. And that comes at a $0 deductible. And again, just, just this is real life. Uh, we file that claim at least once a week with our book business. So um, average, average cost of bed bug remediation is about $3,800. It takes your property is going to be shut down for three weeks if that ever happens. And again, we provide up to seven days of lost business income on that coverage enhancement. Wow, that's amazing, amazing info. Um, yeah, that's that's amazing info. I was definitely jotting all that stuff down. Um, this is this has been great. This has been amazing. I think you know insurance is one of those things. I know it's not the sexiest topic, but it's one of the most crucial topics when you operate a business, especially within the short rental space. So, I'd big kudos to everybody that stuck around to really get this game and get these gems on really how the insurance process works and what what you're coming for, what you're not, how to structure things. Um, Nick and Justin, thank y'all so, so much. Truly, truly, truly appreciate it. I know a lot of people are going to be reaching out to you guys um, uh, for this. Nick, do you want to just give them one more time? I know Justin touched on it, too, with the website. And how, how can they get in touch with you guys? I know you guys are looking to link your Instagrams, but what's the best way for folks to tap in with you guys uh, to to start getting some things going with their, with their coverage? I'll take that one, DJ. So the best way to get in touch with us, guys, just visit our website. It's a great start. That's www.proper.insure. So P-R-O-P-E-R dot I-N-S-U-R-E. Um, from there, you can reach out via the contact form. You can click and just get a quote. However you reach out, we're going we're gonna to reach right back and, and get in touch with you. Um, but then, uh, you know, another way, if you want to email us at proper, sorry, be info at proper.insure. That's the direct line of contact. Um, and then lastly, I mean, we're, 
we were a customer service company, and the way that you know me and Nick, or mostly Nick, in this case, have gone through all these questions, all of our agents are qualified to do the same for you. So if you have independent questions, you want to call in and get some more, you know, more details regarding your specific property. All of our agents are happy to go through this stuff with you, uh, line by line. Your policy, they'll provide a comparison, they'll provide a quote, um, the, you know, tips, tricks, and point you in other directions if need be. Uh, you can call us directly. That number, I'll give it to you twice. It's 888-631-6680. One more time, 888-631-6680. Our office is closed now, but we'll be open first thing tomorrow morning. Just give us a shout, and we'll connect you with the appropriate agent. Um, And like I said, you know, hit the website if you have any questions or just kind of want to do some research, and we can take it from there. And then, yeah, Instagram, I mean, if, if that's the preferred method, you guys can always reach out, DM on Instagram, just look us up. It's just proper insurance, real easy there. And, and one thing, you know, we, we definitely paint this picture that we're this ginormous, uh, huge, crazy insurance company. Um, yes, we're, we're probably the largest specialty carrier and agency in the United States. Um, I have 15 sales agents in our office. Each sales agent has a particular territory um, in the United States. Uh, it could be broken down by county or, or they have the whole state. Um, you don't get pinged around with customer service people or talk to random. You don't know who they are in our, in our office. When you have an agent for your territory um, and you buy an insurance policy with us, that agent is your agent for the life of the policy. You got problems, you got questions, you pick up the phone, you email that agent directly, and they're back in touch with you usually within an hour. Uh, during regular business time, you know, 24 hours max. Man, listen, that's one of the things that I really, really appreciate about about you guys. Uh, just the, the, the access, you know what I'm saying? So just like you spoke of, the, the dedicated agents that are for that particular region or state or county. So that's true. That's a true value. Uh, that's something that's amazing with an insurance company. So, so kudos to you guys on that. Um, again, thank y'all so much. Appreciate all the mods for tapping in. And um, again, follow the, the hospitality cash flow room for my guy Noble, and also follow the short run roadmap room here. And we host weekly rooms. And also, I'm I'm, I'm actually having a master class, 100% free on Thursday. So tap in with me with the link in my bio on that. Um, go ahead and register, sign up for that, and uh, it's going to be another great one. So uh, appreciate everybody for tapping in, and we will go ahead and hit that Thanos snap now in the room. And we will definitely be sure to see y'all next week. Thank you again, Nick, Justin. Really, 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 truly appreciate it. I think this definitely deserves a run back um, later on uh, because there's a lot of phenomenal info that people need to, that people need to know. Um, so we'll definitely be running this back later on in the future. So appreciate y'all again. Um, thank y'all so, so much. And Noble, my guy, thank you so much, man, for suggesting this. Um, this is definitely yes, something sir. Noble. Yeah, Noble brought this to me and said, hey, let's do this. And I was like, let's say less, you know what I'm saying? Crucial, crucial topic. So, um, again, thank everybody so much. We're going to go ahead and end the room. And we'll definitely see y'all next week. Have a blessed evening, everybody. Thanks for listening to the show. Tune in next week to learn more about using real estate for hospitality cash flow. If you received value from this episode, please leave a rating and review. This helps the show reach more listeners. We truly appreciate your support.